This week's show is brought to you by Venice Beach Beverage. Try their delicious line of ginger teas with 100% daily vitamins in every can. And make sure you try my favorite, Black Cherry. Visit them online at venicebeachbeverage.com. The following episode is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Good night, mates. And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. On this frequency. <sighs> How's it going? What was with the sigh, Ricky? You know what? Because I was touching the pimple that I have on my forehead. And I was like, why is it here? Oh. She's cute. <laughs> it's like your eyes and your pimple are looking at me. It's my third eye. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But I think I'm sighing because I ate so much this weekend. My, mm. you know. I was moody. I have mm-hmm. this pimple on my head. And then mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning and I'm like angry because I'm like, well, you should have known you're about to start your period. Like, why didn't you? <laughs> I've been doing this already for like, God knows, like 15 years, 16, 17 years. How yeah. do I, how am I still surprised by a period? Right. How right. am I still surprised? Well, to be. I think uh, your math is way off, but it's okay. <laughs> it Yeah, is. I'm like, you just got your period 15 years ago. <laughs> I was like, dang, girl, no, period was, at 25. <laughs> dang. Like. No, I was 13. I don't know how many years ago that was. A long ass time ago, oh okay? 27. Pre- prehistoric time. 27 years ago, Ricky. How'd you do math that fast in your head? Are you that guy? Well, I mean, you're 40, I'm, right? Yeah, I'm that guy. Okay. You know what? Next topic. <laughs> well, I'm on my period, too, actually. I just started my period today. So, welcome, periods. <laughs> We're happy to have you here on this frequency. Can I tell you, I still feel a little taboo talking about periods. I love talking about periods. I don't. like. Well, no, I mean, I don't mind talking about I could about care it. less. I mean, I don't. <laughs> well, you know what, though? But, actually, Michelle Obama did an excellent podcast mm. about periods or about talking about those women's body woman's body and with like within the men that make up your family right you know it's like yeah she she had a really good podcast i recommend that yeah her podcast was really good i do recommend um well that podcast and we're going to i'm going to put it in the recommendation box that Mm -hmm. we have here on this frequency (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, to talk about periods because there's a really good i'm all damn it i love the documentaries um there's a good documentary about periods in um, in India. And ironically, so. we're not talking about periods today. We're not. Uh, we're talking about apologies. Apologies. Yes. What made you want to, uh, before we get into all of that, but let's tune me in. What made you want to talk about apologies? Um, I watched the show that you always recommend me to watch. I think Explained. It's Explained. Mm-hmm. And they recently did an episode on... Apologies and how we live in an apologetic era. Yeah. Everyone's apologizing to everyone for offending everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it, it kind of resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And I watched it a couple of weeks ago, but for some reason today, mm-hmm. I had a very interesting conversation with my middle child about forgiveness and forgiving your parents for the mistakes that they make, yeah. you know? And so it just brought up again... And I thought to myself, 
what have been the greatest apologies that I've ever received and what have been the biggest apologies that I've ever given. Yeah. So I asked everyone in my household today that. And so that's why it provoked me to talk about that today. So, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So I'm excited to hear everybody's answers. But Well, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Should we rage or love first? Um, we can rage. You want to rage? Let's rage. Let's <laughs> fucking rage. Rage. That's going to be our new uh, little intro there. For okay, that. but for the record, <laughs> let me just, I want, when, again, when we, before this whole moment of rage thing started, this stems from the morning conversations that Natalie and I used to have, mm-hmm. right? So I have a very strange imagination. Mm. Because every time I would hear your moments of rage in the morning, uh-huh. and again, I go back to, do you remember the, the commercial for Raid that they would oh, kill? Oh, Raid. The Raid. Raid. <laughs> so I literally, every time I think of moment of rage, that's in my head. I'm, I'm rage. Rage. Like, that's what goes through my head every single time. So every time gotcha. I would hear you, like, that's, that's what oh I would play in my gosh. head. So what was your moment of rage? So, originally, my moment of rage was this California fucking road rage. What? It shouldn't be news to anyone living in California, but, and it's no news to me, right? But all of a sudden, I'm driving, you know, I'm driving a cool grandma 80 degrees. 80 degrees, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, 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 hold 80 on. miles per hour. Okay. Woo, my bad, y'all. <laughs> 80 miles per hour, and the fucking BMW behind me is, like, swerving back and forth as if, like, I'm driving 20 miles per hour on the freeway. Right. And then he continues to cut me off. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I'm Kermit the Frog rolling my window down, looking at him because I'm like, bro, we're at the same stop sign. Oh, what the fuck Kermit were you in a hurry? What were you in a hurry for? Kermit the Frog, you know the meme on, on Instagram where, where... He's <laughs> drinking his tea? Well, no, the one where Kermit the Frog is... Um, oh, he's he's got that the, look in like... In the window, yeah. <laughs> in the driver's yeah. seat. Like, I've never what the fuck seen was it. That? Okay, oh, I'll have okay. to send it. I'll put it on So uh, you on literally... Instagram. We're I didn't, literally, stop sign I didn't literally roll down my window, but we were both at the stop sign. And I'm like, what were you all swerving and in a hurry for? We're at the same fucking stop. Damn. So, that, but that actually isn't, let me tell you what is enraging me right now. It wasn't even that. Okay. I go home. So as you guys may or may not know, I'm growing a weed plant and oh, it's no. almost time, you know, the harvest is here. And I've been really, uh, you know, just paying attention, being, you know, calculating and looking at my plant every day, watering it, inspecting it. And, you know, my sources, my friends who have a little more experience have told me, you know, make sure that you're looking at your plant. um, You're monitoring it. it. Spray it with neem oil, you know, to to get um, get rid of the bugs that it might have, blah, blah, blah. And so I've felt pretty lucky, like the environment that it's in mm-hmm. isn't just, it's not just prone to all this, all these creatures. Oh, okay. So I'm like, uh, this whole time I've been pretty lucky with it. Like I've grown a pretty good pest-free plant. Pest-free pant? Plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pest-free pants are also good. <laughs> and so I'm inspecting my plants this weekend, right? And there's fucking caterpillars. Oh, how cute. No. Okay, right. Not for plants. No. So right. let me tell you. So like let me, so more for than those, one? Uh, several. And not too many. Like not anything devastating where my plant's ruined. But for those of you that don't know, um, 
the caterpillar actually eats the plant from the inside out. Oh, that's messed up. And it'll ruin everything. Secondly, the poop turns into mold. Wow, it's not even like a natural fertilizer? No, it ruins the plant. And then thirdly, these caterpillars. So from one day to the next, these fools just showed up? Showed up. And lastly, the thing that makes it even harder is that because they... They're so deep in the plant, you can't really see them. Plus, they're the same color of the plant. They're green. So, I'm in there with my binoculars, it feels like. And Wait, all you of actually this, have like, binoculars? No, I don't. Oh. But my glasses. Maybe and you should invest in some, though. Because I need something to be able to look at them. And so, there I am, like, Magnifying picking glass. a mm. caterpillar one by one. And the caterpillar is like, hey, many? man. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. I'm over here just eating this plant, man. What are you doing, yeah. man? Wow. Yeah. So how did you kill them? Um, I just pulled them out and threw them out from my balcony. I was going to let the cats eat them, but the cat wasn't interested. Because so. then the cat would have been like, hey, man. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, the, the pest problem is pretty controlled there's not that many you know i what have I about imagine? five to eight that i pulled out imagine but. you you throw the caterpillar out <laughs> your third floor balcony yeah and instead of it falling to its death it falls on your neighbor's balcony it probably did onto their lie. exotic plant that they have they don't have been luckily i know that they don't have plants so it's fine <laughs> they they actually did have one and it was all just dry and i'm like mm, i could have helped you with that but. yeah wait so now what <laughs> Um, it's fine. It, it's still fine. I just have to keep a close eye. And yeah, because how do you know it, it doesn't have more you can't see? Right, right. And so I think just because I'm ready to harvest, I'm ready to dry it. Um, so this week, I'm just going to be checking it every day and pulling the caterpillars, whatever there is, spraying it with Were any oil. of them cute? No, they're ugly. I mean, they're, they're like mini. They're super tiny. Um, but yeah, they're they're not cute. Thank you, Bartley. Let's see. Bartley. He just killed the spider. <laughs> So that was my rage uh, to be continued. Um, actually, but I'm really excited overall to have Me this too. finished product. Smoke that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> just the growing process itself has been just awesome. I, I encourage everyone to grow something. Well, because you're also growing tomatoes and basil and all this uh-huh. other crap. My jalapenos are... Those poor caterpillars, good. man. <laughs> Listen. I don't feel that bad. <laughs> poor thing. So okay. what, what about your rage? Um, mine kind of came unexpectedly. So, uh... They always do. Yeah, they always do. (laughs) So, September 15th marked, uh, the first day of Hispanic Heritage Month. It did. Mm Mm-hmm. And we were opening for Fernando Valenzuela bobblehead night at Dodger Stadium. So, Mm. I kind of wanted to wear something that paid tribute to... Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah. The Latinos. Which, remember... La cultura. Because I donated 95% of my wardrobe. Mm. All these wonderful things I could have worn um. are gone. So, mm. at that point... Well, why did you let go of the 95% of the good things? They weren't all that great. I think I just wanted to purge. Again, I was just like over all of it. And I... Mm. But so, so then I asked Alina, she, you know, she does my makeup. And I said, give me something that will inspire, you know... Yeah. Where what where I'm going and whatever. So she's thinking about it and she goes, We're gonna go with gold. Ooh. Yeah. We're gonna go with gold because the colonizers liquidated all of our gold. So let's mm. pay tribute to the gold that and silver that was our and I'm like, 
Okay. Oh, nice okay. That's okay. <laughs> I was like, that's creative. I'm yeah, done with that. For sure. Looked great. So then it's on my mind and I'm replaying in my head the documentary from John Leguizamo, the, mm-hmm. um, I, I can't remember There's what something it's called. About the Latin, moron, uh, uh, Latin history for morons, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And I'm replaying it all in my head. And mm-hmm. because remember the open veins of Latin America, that book, book. also, mm-hmm. just a tough read. And so all of that's on my mind and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and now you're in People, and now I'm right. But it's not <laughs> as bad until we get to Saturday. And I don't realize that it's lingering until Saturday. And we did a private party at SoFi Stadium for Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm yeah. like, now I really have to wear like something decent. I was excited to wear some cowboy boots. They weren't really cowboy boots. They're like my, the cute boots, okay? Okay. So I was like, I'm from Texas. I'm, I'm going to rock these boots. But I needed to buy a shirt. So I bought a nice blouse, whatever, basic. And I bought myself a gold chain. I used to have a gold chain that mm-hmm. I loved very much. Mm-hmm. Um... And I bought another one. Okay. And it looked cute. 16 bucks at Target. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And I get to the stadium and I'm like looking around and I go to the bathroom. I wash my hands. I'm looking at myself in the mirror. (laughs) And I'm like, why am I wearing this fake gold? Uh, Why did I pay $16 for this? And it looks fake. Now, mind you, in my mind too. Yeah. I'm thinking that I'm going to be around people who... And now you're also thinking in like, the back of your head about the colonizers yes! and the real gold that like, you could be wearing. And I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, no, I am never going to buy myself a fake piece of jewelry ever again. Fuck this. I took it off, brand new piece of jewelry, and I left it there in the bathroom. Yeah. And then I took a picture of it to document that moment Yeah. where I was like, no, I'm going to work my butt off and one day yeah. buy myself a, a, an authentic piece yeah. that is not... This fake. I can relate to that. Yeah. And that's when I was enraged. I, I was so I was mad at myself for buying it. I was mad at, at fucking colonization and the right. liquidation of gold right. and art. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> and I'm like, but why am I still mad about this? And then just feeling that there's nothing I can do about it. No, sure you can. How? How? I don't know. You just, you, the step one is you got rid of the fake and now you're working towards the, what right. you deserve. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? I have a moment of rage. Let's oh. Mosquitoes. Mm. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. If you, if like between the two, my two legs, I have at least fifteen or sixteen mosquito bites. From when? Who knows? When were you? Okay. I don't know. It could be from Dodger Stadium. It could be from going yeah. to Disneyland. Facts. It could be going SoFi Stadium because you were there SoFi, too. right? Yeah. So it's just like. Well, and it's interesting that you bring that up because yesterday I was in my room and a mosquito landed because I have a little a little cluster of bites right here by my. By my hand. This I'm fool, making a like, face. I'm sorry. I'm like, no, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> the mosquito and I made eye contact. Ew. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was a creepy looking ass mosquito. Meaning it looked like a regular mosquito. But then it had like this feather sticking up. I was scared of the mosquito. And I was like, wait a minute. What if this is some rare mosquito that's carrying some kind of the new Benile coronavirus <laughs> variant? And I was trying to kill the mosquito. Like I was looking everywhere for this damn mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ninja looking mosquito well, that shit scared me one time i was getting a, a manicure and the lady that was doing my manicure um a mosquito landed on her and i could have told her but i just watched you're a dick I just watched. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what Natalie. i had never i had never seen but look let me tell you i had never seen um a mosquito sucking the the blood out and i was watching it That's do that gross. and so the lady Ooh. like 
Ellie. Like, little blood started coming no. out of her skin. And I was like, I was completely intrigued. I was like, so that's how it and works. And then I was staring and she it was noticed science and then she class. goes, and You were watching science class firsthand. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was I was amazed. So I didn't even bother. Like, sorry, lady. The mosquito was my <laughs> experiment there. <laughs> but anyway, moving along. Um, <laughs> what about our moments of love? Look at me. <sighs> I had... Um, <laughs> I had a good one. My cousin, Ariana, who recently moved out. Yeah, to Hungary. I miss her. Yes. She's great. You know, she's one of my favorite people. She's a great conversationalist. Yeah. And she, I slid into her DMs Mm -hmm. because she made a post. I have, I have, again, I haven't really been feeling well. Like with my body, I've been just not making healthy choices. Yeah. But I think that that's a reflection of, kind of the stress that I have in my life right now, you know, kind of the transition and all of that. So mm-hmm. I think my body represents what I'm feeling and it looks the way that I'm feeling. Yeah. Does that make sense? You are what you eat. Yeah. And so Sorry. she made a post that said, we're in such toxic relationships with our bodies. They work so hard to keep us alive and we're constantly like, Ugh, you're disgusting. Right. So that's the post, right? And then she puts, to those with body image issues, I see you. The road to self-love can be daunting. But if you aren't worth fighting for, what is? So when I read that, it really resonated with me, right? Yeah. They work so hard to keep us alive. And so I, again, I have a funny imagination. And so I imagine, like, I took, I had, like, a little out-of-body experience. And I'm looking at my body. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I just keep beating you up. You're over here trying to survive and trying to feel better, Ricky yeah. body. And I'm just like, no, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Here go these 16 chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I felt so... I'm glad she posted it. And then her and I had a really good conversation about it. Mm-hmm. But it made me reflect, like, you know, when was, when was the last time you really felt good about yourself? Or when was the highlight of... And, and it was 2019. Oh. I look back at two, 2019. Too long ago, girl. Well, it was like right before COVID, right? And mm-hmm. I was living my best life. Like I was traveling everywhere. I liked where I lived. My kids were good. I just started to work with um, Severe. Everything was, I looked good. I yeah. felt good. Like it, it was just good. Yeah. And so I was thinking about that. And then I had another great conversation with Jess this morning. She's like, well, you don't want to go back to that, Ricky. Mm-hmm. You want an elevated version of that. You know, yeah. how, do you, how do you take that? feeling that good and feeling all of those things and now applying everything that you learned and then just being a better version of yourself. Yeah. So I had that moment of love with my body, you know, where I was like, I'm sorry that I'm beating you up and I'm sorry that I'm like dragging you through the dirt. I'm just realizing that I'm apologizing to my body and maybe that's the (laughs) root of this apology podcast. And that's fine. And I think I'm even going to recommend, you know, for you and anyone that's going through this is Right, uh, positive body affirmations, you know? Right, because it's, man. I love my body. I look beautiful in this shirt. So, I mean, I don't know about all that, but. No, I would, it no, is No, I that. mean, I know, I know, I know. But I have this little, I have this little role yeah. that I've never had before. I love my role. Okay, well, I don't love my role. I don't like it, and I don't like the way it fits in my clothes. But I'm, I'm talking to it now, like, all right, cool. I'll find myself just, like, touching it. <laughs> like feeling it I'm like why are you there now you're aware yeah I'm like go away uh-huh. go away go somewhere else why don't you go to my ass right. my ass needs you more than my belly <laughs> you know 
But that was my moment of, of, of love. So after, like we talked about, like after we do these events, I usually take like a day to just like completely like un- disconnect myself from everything. Yeah. But let me tell you how I had a moment of joy and a moment of just quick, quick love and joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. I'm rearranging my room completely because oh, I'm yeah. thinking that that'll help. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Therapeutic. And all of a sudden, and I was just kind of in that, you know, um, monotone zone, that mm. real quiet zone that like, ugh, I'm going to, hold on, I'm crawling back out zone, right? Yeah. Out of nowhere, the dogs had been barking all day. Yeah. Just randomly. And out of nowhere, Bartley, my door's open mm. and he shows up and he scares Daylight out of me. I scared the shit out of you. I was like, I jumped. Like, I was so afraid. So the thing about being scared is it really snaps you out of things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so you're forced to be like, what Whoa. the fuck? She was completely clueless to my existence there. And I was there for a good, like, 30 seconds before, no. I, before I actually scared her. Yeah, because he was like, how the hell did you not hear me? Uh-huh. I did it because I kept hearing the dogs go back. Even though the dogs were telling me he was there. I kept hearing them for the last 30 minutes do that. So it's like there wasn't, there was nobody there. Oh, okay. So, and then, so immediately following that, we're coming out to the studio oh. and the sprinklers <laughs> go off. Well, okay. So before that, like I hear, I hear the beginning of like water and I'm like, what the hell? And yeah. then I realized what it was. I'm like, I started booking. He books it. Yeah. And she's like, what? what and then the water <laughs> hits me and hits her, and I'm running and trying but to get out. It hits me directly. <laughs> it was a direct hit. <laughs> it got me a little bit because I, I heard it coming. It was a direct hit on her. Because oh I followed his ass. So I'm like, Zzz. so that that oh moment of God. being like scared and then running through a sprinkler, it was a good thing. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> it put me in a good mood that. for all this. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Woke your ass right oh, up. Like, get your good. shit together, Ricky. Get your yeah. shit together. You're fine. <laughs> get moving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, my moment of love. Um, so it's a full moon today. And it I is. tell Mike, well, there's two things, right? I tell Mike, um, hey, go outside. Look at the full moon. And he goes, oh, nice. Check your Check your Instagram DM. And then he sends me a DM of um, manifesting in under the full moon. So I was like, are we in sync or what? He's sending he's me. Learning. He, he's like sending me moon stuff. I'm telling him to go moon, go look at the moon. So did it, you put your great. crystals out? Yeah, Y'all yeah, yeah. did that together? We got to do it. Okay. Mm. And um, so that's one thing. But something that we've been talking about implementing on this podcast is having little tips and tricks uh, about money and finances. Yes. Right? And one of the things that I wanted to share is that I just paid off a credit card. Hey. So I think that for anyone trying to pay off credit cards, any kind of debt, it is possible. Small strides, celebrate yourself, you'll get there. But um, a tip or trick that I can give uh, to get through that is have an accountability partner. Accountability Who's yours? partner, Mike. Oh, and <laughs> come, on. come on now. I mean, it doesn't have to be your spouse. I feel like he would be like, but Mike is great too with that because we're. I mean, we're both I'd be about scared of him. Money and you know, it's actually not. 
it's not anything like, oh my God, please. Uh, so was the it. initial debt like really large and you paid it off or was it kind of so, manageable? So my initial debt is really large and I'll just, I'll just put it out there because I mean, it is what it's it is. It's gone now, right? No, 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 no. It, so my debt, it's a combination of student loans, car loan, credit cards. And so my overall debt is like $70,000, but the credit card that I paid off was I had like a twenty eight hundred dollar balance. That's not bad. So Good. I paid that one off, and so now goes the next one and the next one. So, so are you cutting it up and throwing it away? Yes. Good for I you. I did already. So cut cut up your credit cards. Don't use them. I don't want any credit cards. I don't want nothing. I just want my cash. Yeah. I don't even want to put my money in banks. Same here. We'll get there. We're getting there. So um, pay everything cash money. Mm-hmm. So that's my small <laughs> tip of the day. Pay off your credit cards. And then cut them cut up. Cut them up. Cut them bitches Don't up. Them. And live below your means. Ricky says that all that's the time. That's so important. Yeah. Live that's very important. That, I remember I lived in a house and I literally downgraded yeah. because I wanted to travel more. Mm-hmm. I was like, I could afford this nice house, but I, wanna, I want my kids to experience the world. I want to experience the world. Yeah. How do I just restructure my my expenses so that I can do all of these things. Yeah. And I, and where I downgraded to, I loved that. One of my favorite places that I lived. Yeah. Yeah. For so, sure. Yeah. Live below your means. Was I mean, that the apartment that we were at? Yeah. That's yeah. exactly where it was. I love that place. I did it, I okay. Like so I didn't too. like my neighbors, but it had a really good energy. Yeah. It was a great it space. It was nice. <laughs> and the kids could walk to school. And it's just the light that came in through the room. And then I had a little fountain outside of my, my room. Yeah. I could always patio. hear the fountain. It was good. It was really we, spacious. And the cats could meet, you know. The cats? Oh, my God. And you took your wedding pictures there. Oh, I did. That's right. We had That's your right. wedding ceremony there. That's right. That's right. Fuck, I had already forgotten. Jesus. I did time flies. We had a big party there that day. I mean, yeah, we, we had a COVID safe party because there was only like 12 of only us. Only us. It was like, literally only us. Noel made lasagna. That's right. We did the firme Friday. Oh, you guys yeah. were playing the guitar. Yeah. Were you not there? Yes, he was, I was there. there. Okay. I remember the lasagna. Oh, That's you, you were giving, I'm sorry, Bradley. You were giving this look like you weren't there. No, 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 I was there. You were there. I was there after the fact, but yeah. Because mm-hmm. I remember the lasagna. That lasagna, oh my God. My cousin Noel makes the greatest lasagna of all time in existence. We love Noel's cooking. Yeah. She's, she's Noel, if you're listening, we need some lasagna in our life ASAP. Oh, and make us cookies or something. Or like any kind of meal she makes. She you makes know, the bomb bizzle for shizzle on everything. On everything. Yeah. She, she actually... Bless her, bless her heart. I needed to rest one day, and she invited me over to her house. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when I go over there, I don't have to worry about anything. She's like, take off your shoes, relax. Yeah. And she cooked. Um, a good host. I can't remember what kind of meat she cooked. This is some kind of meat. Mm. And then the only thing I really remember were the sweet baby carrots. Ooh. They were so good. Yum. That sounds yummy. They were delicious. Noel, invite us over. Oh, God. We want dinners. Hey, we should do a podcast Please. at Noel's house. Yeah. Oh, while oh she's my cooking. God. Okay. Oh. To be continued. <laughs> you know what? Best idea you've had thus far. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I'm texting her right now. Yeah. Text, text her. her right now. Say, hey, we want to have you on the podcast <laughs> and we want you to cook for us. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like okay. That. I got you. I got you. But, you know, sugarcoat it. You know, I'll be like, I'll oh, we up. miss you so much. I'll dress it up. Yeah. But then she's going to listen to this and she's going to yeah, like, I she's know. Yeah, don't listen to this part, Noel. He's yeah. like, just be straight up. Just, hey, fast forward like 30 seconds. <laughs> All right. So let's move along, yeah? Yes. Apologies. 
Apologies. So, my first question, and if you don't have an immediate answer for it, we'll go on to the next question because I'll give you some time to think. But do you recall an apology in your life that was outstanding? That was like, oh. So... When you told me about, let's do apologies, the only thing that I, that came to my mind was when I was a kid, <laughs> I, um, so I was at my childhood friend's house, right? And we would, I was there every day. This is like my second home, my second parents, my second pair of, my second family basically, right? Mm. And I would go there because, you know, my mom would work. So, um, my friend's mom would, would pick me up from school and, um, I'd hang out there till my mom got off work, this, that, the other, right? So one time, and she, this lady, my second mom, I call her, she, um, she took care of several kids. So after school, like in elementary school, we would all, obviously we would all play, right? And one time, me and this other kid, um, we didn't want to play. And so my childhood friend, who, you know, whose house we were at, well, she wanted to play. And I said, I don't want to play. I don't want to play. So she got really upset. And she throws a fit. And mind you, she's like the youngest of three. Okay. So that kind of sets the, uh-huh. the tone there. The youngest of three. And she throws a fit. She goes up to her room, starts crying. They don't want to play with me. So they make me apologize to her. What? For not wanting to play with her. That's not where I thought the story was going. No. Yeah, me it, neither. And so, so from that experience... That was your first impression of an apology? And so from that, I learned like, oh, so we just apologize for things that I don't feel like doing? And it, I think from then on, it made me realize like the dumb shit that people apologize for or how unauthentic apologies can be. Because I apologized to her, but I wasn't really apologetic. I just kind of like, sorry, but I wasn't really sorry. You know what I mean? Hmm. And so when I reflect on that, I think about when we tell our kids, you need to apologize for what you did, but then we're not really explaining to the kid. And maybe we do now because we're more aware and we want to be the best parents we can be. Right. But I don't think previously to our generation, we were actively telling our kids, Hey, you need to apologize and these are the reasons why. Like, there's no context behind it. I mean, it's I was, just, just apologize. Right. <clears throat> and now what are we apologizing for? It, the expectation is just say sorry. What does even sorry mean? Right. I'm still clearly enraged. <laughs> you had that memory that. on lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It <laughs> makes me laugh now. I so don't play. when I was growing up, my parents taught me, like, the basis of an apology, like mm. how to actually apologize and make it seem authentic. So I was, I was about to add that, like we're never taught to apologize. Like I don't remember my parents ever telling me like this is how you apologize. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're saying your parents actually taught you that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like if I did something wrong, I would say I'm sorry for X Y Z. X Y Z. I didn't mean to do it. I was feeling this. Mm. You have got to be kidding me! No. They trained you how to do this. Mm-hmm. Continue. Like, oh, I'm sorry for hitting you. I was feeling upset because you took my toy. Will you please forgive me? That's how they taught me to apologize. 
I like that. You that's, see, that's missing so, a lot, though. So that's missing a lot. It's, but it's, it's not really because I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm sorry. I'm explaining what I, I'm taking accountability for what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, saying I'm sorry for hitting you. I'm explaining why it happened. Like I, I hit you because I felt this yeah. or you did this. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? So, I, here's the research that I did. Right. I did like three TED Talks on apologies. Mm. I did that explained mm. um, documentary on apologies. And then I just Googled, how do you apologize? Yeah. And all five resources said the same thing. Okay. That there's six basic elements to an apology, right? Mm. You say you, you're sorry, which you start with, right, Bartley? Contrition, right? Uh-huh. Just good old, I'm sorry. You, number two, you own the mistake, right? Mm-hmm. It's important to show the other person that you're willing to take responsibility for your actions. Three, you describe what happened. Mm-hmm. Four, you have a plan, right? How are you going to make it better? Five, you admit that you were wrong. And six is when you ask for forgiveness. Now, what they found was out of those six, people usually only do like two. Yeah. <laughs> two out of the six. Yeah. And people will accept two out of the six. But... Re- like receiving a genuine apology is a, a completely different experience than reciting an apology. An apology, but that's interesting that that your parents your parents went through that rundown with you. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Is it cultural then? That was my that was my my I was thinking about that. Could be ego. Well, because I'm trying to think like I'm, what did my I don't think that I was ever actively taught to do something, you know, meaning I just learned from growing up. I just learned from experience. Yeah. So, so for instance, the apology that stands out the most for me in my life is from my dad because I never grew up watching him apologize for anything. Right. He was not one to apologize. Mm-hmm. He, he spoke with his actions. So it was just given that that my dad wasn't one to apologize. Mm-hmm. So he, I was I was married to someone who was incarcerated, mm-hmm. and my dad was not with that. And mm-hmm. you know there was this big old revolution in between. And years after that happened, mm-hmm. to my complete surprise, we went out to a bar, we're drinking, we're doing our you know our thing, and we're in the car. I'm dropping him off, and he's like, hey. I'm really, I'm really sorry that I did that. Mm. Now, I didn't need him to tell me that because he had already showed me that he was sorry. Meaning we didn't talk for a couple of years. Yeah. And when we finally got back to talking, mm-hmm. he was interested in making up that time. And I don't mean like making up that time, but the time that we did spend with each other. It was intentional. It, it was intentional and it counted. And it was like, Hey, you know, let's talk. Let's spend time together. Let's. So I felt it, you yeah. know. So when he said it, I was shocked. Yeah, I was one hundred percent shocked because I'm like, wait, that's not how my dad rolls. Right. And so it made me feel even more. Um, it made me feel good. Good. It made me feel more. I don't. I. I feel there's a there's a different word that I'm trying to express. That it made me feel. And it just meant more because I know he's not an apologetic person. Right. He's not one to do that. And maybe now, as an adult, not an adult. Oh, my God. 
as a man in his, I don't even know how old my dad is, like 60-something. Yeah. You know, we change. We, <laughs> we approach life differently, you know? He's more yeah. seasoned. <laughs> yeah, and, you know? And I'm really glad that you mentioned that because um, I think that there's a lot to say with the peace that you feel that one feels after they apologize. And I don't know, I can't speak for for your dad, right? But I'm sure that he felt relieved and maybe at peace and maybe like, I'm glad I got that off my chest and I told her, hey, you know, I, I'm sorry. Right. And um, the thing about apologizing is that, well, one, you feel the relief, but maybe that's something that he was holding on to. And this is something that people want to apologize, but they have a hard time doing it. And I'm trying to find the right words to say. And it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing, right? Because when he did, I realized that I I literally did not need him to say that. Yeah, but when there was he a, needed it, right? But and but there was a time and place where I thought I did need to hear that. Yeah, when I realized that I didn't, right? So that ended up helping me in my relationships forward because even my mom. Mm-hmm. And I realized, again, it's not even what you say. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the action you take thereafter. Mm-hmm. Right? So my mom and I have a lot of differences of opinions on a lot of things. Right? Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've apologized to both of my parents for, like, a lot of the crazy shit that I did, yeah. you know, to them. Not to them, but... You put them through. I put them through a lot, right? Yeah. So, my mom one day, she too, she, I'm sorry for, you know, she's a little more abrasive than my dad in, in that regard. And, does, and, and also doesn't hand out apologies <laughs> either. Yeah. But because I actively see my mom mm-hmm. getting out of her comfort zone to try to understand me. Yeah. That means more than her saying, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I, because I see you trying to apologize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was telling Bartley, um, just as we were preparing for this, that when, you know, there's a situation and I was saying like, when, well, I'm going to call it an event <laughs> that, you know, this he said, she said, and, Events. you know, we get upset at each other. And well, now... Two things happen, right? One person's going to go home and carry on with their life. They're going to go on their best trip to Cancun, <laughs> you know, have a couple of adventures. And then the other person that was in such said event or argument is going to sit at home and think about that situation and how upset it made them. And Toss now and turn and uh-huh. not sleep well while the other person's like living their life. best life. So this situation, whatever they were angry about is now holding them hostage because they can't let go of whatever the situation was. And so that's also part of the reason why apologies, I think, are very important. Because you want to be at peace. What the fuck are you holding on to this shit for? Let go. Apologize. Even if it's not your fault. The best piece of advice I ever got Mm. was from my parents. They said, do never let the sun set on your anger. Yeah. So even if you don't feel like you are in the wrong, Mm -hmm. 
humble yourself enough to go apologize because yeah. you will. Do you practice that? Because yes. I feel like you partly, and we, you're like somebody makes you mad. You're like, I'm done with them. <laughs> you're you remind me a lot of my dad. Where no, you will so, cut people off. Close friendships, though. <laughs> close intimate friendships that I have. Yes, I will. I will make the effort to apologize because mm-hmm. I I'll sit in bed and I'll. Mm-hmm. I'll toss and turn, and I won't sleep well. Mm-hmm. Really? And, yeah. And then once I do, once everything's made up, and I apologize, and then I get an apology in return, mm-hmm. the soul calms down. Then I sleep better. Like yeah. I, you, and yeah, like when powerful. my wife, when my wife and I disagree, like it's important that we don't go to bed angry, angry with each other because it's just gonna sit there and fester. Mm-hmm. You're gonna wake up pissed off, and now your whole. Morning is ruined because you mm-hmm. held on to anger from the night before that you could have squashed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could have squashed then in there and apologized and made up and then start afresh the next day. But instead, you chose to hold on to the anger. Right. Yeah. So that was the best piece of advice I ever got. Sometimes, yeah, it's I, sometimes I don't always like follow it to a T, mm-hmm. but I know once I do make amends and I do apologize or, or whatever the case is, amends is made. Yeah. Then, I I I'm able to sleep so much better that next night. Yeah. So, do you guys have any recent apologies that you've had to make? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have I have one too. Mine was <laughs> terrible. You want to share it? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Because I called you dying about it. You did? Yeah, I was dying. I wanted to die. So. We, <laughs> Rose City Sound, <laughs> decided to support an event for um, a group of acquaintances that we knew, right? Mm. And we didn't initially know what we were getting into. It was like a three-day event. We did a lot of pre-production work for them and a lot of, I think, we, it was like six months worth of planning. Yeah. Okay. And I was involved with the majority of the planning. Yeah. And I was brought on as, like, a, a production manager to produce the whole event. Uh-huh. Um, great group of people. It was all women. And I believed in the CEO that was, that was doing this. I mm-hmm. loved her. I was a huge fan of her work. Right? <laughs> I think I remember the story now. <laughs> I was a huge fan of her work. And this was all pro bono. Okay? Yeah. A lot of hours going into this. Yeah. Now, there were moments where I, I was... I do remember this now. <laughs> there were moments where I was frustrated with some of the planning. Yeah. And I was getting a little... And we're, it's down to the wire. And I'm like, why are we doing it? So you have to understand, it's very difficult for me. Like, I see what a person wants to do. Uh-huh. And I can do that. And I can make it better. I can make it more efficient. I could do it just under budget. All of that, right? Yeah. The person has to let go too, right? Right. So it's, it's, if they don't let go, it becomes a more it's difficult, it's a challenging thing. Now, for the record, she was 100% trying to let go. She was very much doing her best to do that, but it was still a struggle to do it. So I honored yeah. the fact that she was trying. So it's one day we are on a Zoom call mm-hmm. and we have a show going on in the studio. It's down to the wire. People aren't showing up to this meeting their status is on things that we need. I'm frustrated. And at this point, I am frustrated with her. Right. Because I'm like, this is, this is not good. Yeah. Okay? 
it's not good. And your ex stays out from. And we need the to show. get this done. Yeah. So we're on the Zoom call. I'm in. I'm in my room. Show's going on in here. Severe has to come in and make an appearance to do, you know, say hi. You're like, yes, I got the music. I had to run down all this other stuff. Yeah. He comes in. He says his part. He leaves. Mm -hmm. I think that I mute myself from the Zoom call. <laughs> and he says, how's it going? I was like, it's a fucking shit show. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like this, that, that, that. Yeah. And then, so I'm telling this, thinking that I'm on mute. And yeah. then all of a sudden I hear... Ricky, we can hear you. Do you have something to say? <laughs> Do you have something to say? <laughs> I've never in my life felt my soul leave my body. I would have shit my pants. I, 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 you up, you like... know, my mom used to make this expression like, oh my God, you look pale. <laughs> or you're scared. Every... Blood, every ounce of fluid left my body. If that wasn't a humbling experience. I don't know what it was. I, and then so Severe's looking at me like, what's wrong? And I was like, and I just closed my computer. I was like, I was not muted. And so then now he and I are just looking at each other like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Right? What did you just do? Right. So I remember I called you and I'm like, oh, what do I do? Like, what did I just? Do yeah. and I, the, the reason why it was worse was because I believe to this day I believe in her or I believe in everything that she showed, but it was a fucking shit show. Right. Yeah. In that moment, it was not going the way it needed to go, and I was frustrated. I had, oh yeah. I remember you called me. You said, "I think we're getting fired." <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. I, oh yeah, I, I did call you. I was I. There was nothing. There was nothing that was making me feel better about what I just did. She calls me and she's telling me and my first, obviously my first reaction is like, I start laughing and then I'm like, you know what? It's okay. You're just going to have to take that L. Apologize. Mm -hmm. You know, say you're sorry. You, you didn't realize, but the reality is, you know, this, this isn't what, how it's supposed to be going. Um, and just be completely unapologetic. So it's better to be real. Right. So then the next problem that I had, cause the two of you, <laughs> you and Bartley both essentially told me the same thing. Yeah. The problem then became, do I call her now? <laughs> do I call her tomorrow? How yeah. much time do I wait for this to blow over? Yeah. Okay? Now, I did call her because Severe was like, just call her. Did you call her right away or did you? No, wait? no, no. I called her after I took like two shots of tequila, called you guys and tried to calm down. So maybe 30 minutes or so. 30 minutes to an hour. She didn't answer, which yeah. I didn't expect. I ended up getting a phone call from one of the girls that was there. She's like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I'm fine. Not really, but. And she goes, I just want you to know that even though you didn't mean to say that out loud in front of everybody, a lot of the people on the call felt the way you felt. Yeah. So she, she, I felt. She just validated your feelings she about it, right? It didn't make anything better. But it definitely, like, I was like, okay. Yeah. Right. She was like, a lot of us felt that way. Like, yeah. Everything's going to be fine. Like, don't worry about it. It's all good. Cool. So finally, um, I call her the next day, the following day. I'm like, hey, you know, we need to talk. Mm -hmm. The very strange thing that happened was when I told her, I said, you know, 
I am so sorry I said I said some inappropriate things during your meeting and and I thought that I was muted and she goes what are you talking about <laughs> and I was like what she's like I don't know what you're talking about I was so confused I didn't know what the fuck to do and so and and I so I thought in my head okay I have two options here I can go with it <laughs> yeah be like oh uh, never mind I was talking about the linen yeah or man up to it and I said listen I said XYZ, I was really frustrated. There are things that, you know, you didn't do that you were supposed to do and were at the wire, like da-da-da-da. And I spoke my frustration and I shouldn't have done that in front of your whole team and it looked very disrespectful to you. Yeah. Da-da-da-da. And she still tried to deny it. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, oh, look. She goes, I completely understand. And then, so then, woman to woman, she she did. She knew everything that I've been putting into the project. Right. She knew that I believed in her. She knew that I believed in the story. All of that. And she regarded what she goes, I understand. Yeah. I completely understand. I had a lot of stuff going on too with my son as well. And it was just all piled up on me. And she was completely compassionate. And I think when both people come from sincere places. Yeah. It's a very natural thing. And so it, it made it all right. And it was all right. And we had a successful event and everything was good and everything was wonderful. And like I said, I don't think it would have been a genuine delivery on my behalf if I didn't believe in her and I didn't believe what she was doing. Yeah. If it was something that I was just doing, like not caring about who or what she was, that apology would not have come through at all whatsoever. It was sincere. She knew that too. I like that. Yeah. So that's... Be sincere. That's one of the biggest apologies that I did within the last year. I like that. That was a big one. I don't have any. I'm unapologetic these days. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. I, you know, I don't have a problem apologizing at all. Mm-hmm. It's necessary sometimes. It's healing. It is because you, you have to hear other people out. You know, you have to... What you have the, to humble yourself enough to yeah. apologize. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be willing to take an L. Yeah, definitely. All right. And the other people that, or the people or person that you are apologizing to has to see that you're taking that L. Like, you, you have to come humbly. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's, it's worthless. It's completely worthless. How would you say, what do you mean by they have to see? Like, if I'm apologizing you, to you face-to-face and my body language is saying fuck you still. Oh, right. <laughs> You're not going to accept my apology. You're going to yeah. see right through that. But if yeah. I'm like, Natalie, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Like, really, really sorry for what I did to you. Yeah. And you could see, you know, the humbleness in my uh, my tone and the the apologetic nature of what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. Then you're more willing to accept my apology. But, mm-hmm. you know, 90, 90, what is it? 95%, 98%, 98% of, of what you say is, isn't actually spoken. Correct. Oh, correct. Yeah, it's so your body it, language. Right. Yeah. Part of that is being humble. Like mm-hmm. if, if somebody can read that off of your body language, right. that you're not sincere. I 100% agree. You said you had an apology, Bartley? I had a few in the last year. That's good. I'm glad. Like, I- One of them took place in this room over here. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it or no? No. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> I was a dick and I had to, I had to own it. We all have dick moments. Yeah, okay. we do. But 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 again, it's also why I say that you can't give up on people, right? 
And this goes, I'm going to circle this back to the whole apology thing and canceling people out, right? Mm -hmm. People are apologizing for everything and upon apology, it's cancel this person. Yeah. Okay, so where is the compassion part? Where is the ability to rehabilitate? Where is the relationship process to heal and to... to I think the most important part of an apology that this that our society is missing mm-hmm. is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like our society fails to forgive and it's just like okay, let's cut these people out. Yep. No matter if they apologize or not, let's cut them out and move on. Yes. And it doesn't matter what they're doing actively. Right. To repair the situation. Right. Right. That's it does it. not matter. It's done. Right. And just imagine like if you were in a situation that you, where you did something wrong and you apologize and then they cut you out anyways. Right. Who started that? I don't know. I was just thinking, what's the difference between an apology and forgiveness? But now I see it. What do you see? So somebody apologizes, but then, like you're saying, one has to be able to accept it. Accept it. it. Mm-hmm. Right. Sorry, I had a... And you have to be ready to accept it. You can't... Like, if you're still in that mode where it's just like, I don't even want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Like, you have to prepare yourself to hear an apology. Especially, depending on how deep the cut is. Mm -hmm. If it's just a paper cut, then you're more willing to hear that apology right then and there. Mm -hmm. But if it's something deep, deep, like, if it's a gash, Mm. you're like, yo, give me some space. I need some space to, to really calm down to hear what you have to say. Right. What would you say to the person trying to give the apology and not being forgiven? Wait, what? Yeah. So, what happens to the person like who apologizes and the other person's like, "I don't want. I don't, I don't care. I don't forgive you. I don't forgive you. Fuck off. Fuck out my life." Then how does that person move on? Which the person not forgiven? Mm-hmm. They have to just find peace with, with accepting that that person did not forgive them. They have to find peace with them hurting that that person. Yeah. I would say keep apologizing. Because eventually, eventually they'll hear you. Eventually they'll get to the point where they can hear what you have to say. Because like, like, yeah. it could be just a deep gash and they're not, they're, the stitches haven't healed yet. So yeah. it's interesting that you mentioned that. Because in that Explain documentary, they interview <clears throat> a lady and this is what stood out so much for me. Her husband was murdered in uh, apartheid. 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 South Africa. South Africa. Mm. Murdered. Okay. The person who murdered her husband, first of all, nobody would say who it was. Mm -hmm. And when they finally found the person, he would not reveal who ordered him to make make that cut, right? So they have her on camera years ago and she lets out this cry, like yeah. this just impactful cry that she does not know who killed her husband. And she's heartbroken because she had just married her husband mm-hmm. and she was like, I did not get enough time with my husband. So she goes on record like years later saying, I will, I'm not going to forgive this son of a bitch until he says who ordered him to kill my husband. I don't right. care that he admitted that he did it. Right. But I want to know who everything. Yeah. And then I'll think about Apologies. whether or not I'll forgive you. Yeah. 
or oh, people need closure. Like, how, like uh, if I were that lady, why? What happened? Could it have been resolved a different way? Did it? Was this the only option? Was to kill my husband? You know, all I think all of, about all of those things, and I'm pretty sure that's why she's. I mean, obviously. Do you guys have stitches that haven't healed yet? Like, or you're not ready to hear apologies from said person that hurt you? My whole body. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, because I do. I definitely have one. What is it? My father. Same. Mm. I think from both my parents. Okay. So, what do you, back to what Natalie said. Why do you continue to have yourselves held hostage over it? I don't. I gave it up years ago. Like, I, I don't hold on to it anymore. And because I know, I, I know for a fact he's so narcissistic that mm. he'll never come to me to apologize. Mm. It's always about him and it will never change. I understand that. It's always me, myself, and I who cares about everybody else. Mm-hmm. How old is your dad? Uh, that's a good question. Wait, where does your dad live? I have no idea. So when's the last time you talked to him? 2006. Mm. Yeah, it's a minute. You don't have his contact information or anything? Don't care to have his contact information. Does he try to contact you at all? No. Oh, okay. okay. So, like, maybe the feeling is mutual? Well, it's it, was, it was him who started. Like, this has been going on since I was 12, Ricky. Oh. Okay. Right. Long before 2006, it was like, man, we're going to get real personal on this podcast. <laughs> now. But my, my dad went out of his way to show me when I was young, like 10, 12, mm-hmm. that my sister was an only child. Mm. Even though we're both his, my sister was his only child. Oh, so he's not trying, oh, he he's wasn't not trying to claim you. you. Oh. He went out of it, like, I was cl- technically claimed, like, whatever, but, like, uh-huh. he went out of his way to show me that my sister was his favorite. I, so my sister got a brand new car from him mm. her senior year of high school as, like, a senior gift. Yeah. I didn't even get a phone call on my birthday. Mm. That kind of shit, right? Like, and this was all through my childhood. What does your mom say about this? My mom remarried, and so my stepdad is my dad. In my mm-hmm. my eyes, I I replaced my my father mm-hmm. with a person who earned the title of dad. Does your mom know he treated you like this? Oh yeah. What she, about she was she was front and center with for the whole thing. What about the relationship between you and your sister? How did that tight. impact you? We're we're so tight. Okay. Because eventually, my dad did the same thing to her. What? He 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 said something that pissed my sister off, mm-hmm. and she she. She called him on it, and he wouldn't take ownership of what he said about yeah. my parents, yeah. about my mom and dad, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't take ownership of it, even though she heard it. Mm-hmm. This and fascinates me, out. and yeah. I have so many questions about this, because mm-hmm. there's a root cause to everything, mm-hmm. and that's why- it's The so- root cause is his narcissism. Uh, just everything being convenient or inconvenient Yeah, but you're him. not born a narcissist. Okay, but that doesn't... So, so that's my question, right? It's like, what caused him, what in his life made him treat you like this specifically? And then, so your mom, you said, was front and center and she didn't say anything about it? She didn't say like, hey, douchebag, do not 
No, because they weren't. They were never like on speaking terms after their divorce. Mm-hmm. No, but but how old were you when they divorced? Three weeks. Mm-hmm. You were three weeks old. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh shit. Well, so so then that makes. I mean, not that it makes sense, but so she didn't. So yeah, okay. I mean, he was sense. just like, "This ain't my. This ain't my baby." Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that you Let's found go fucking a- slash his tires. Give me his address. Fuck that. Let's go. I'm glad you found a better parent. <laughs> a better I, I, I told my wife this the other day that like, if I ever get the phone call that my dad, like my father passed away, mm. I'm gonna go to the funeral. And no, I know what pers- you're gonna say. I know pers- what yeah. you're gonna say. Like, yeah, you guys are all here because you think you know my father's a great person. I'm gonna, I'm here to tell you the truth. <laughs> but so here's the thing though I want to do that so bad know, but it's just but, like but I know that's let me ask me. you let me ask you this do you think that he's a good person for people that he has in his circle right now and really well no because the people in his circle serve a purpose to him yeah. whatever that purpose is and it's always been that way like he doesn't so have, growing up did you have like did you was there like custody involved here so, growing up, it was, my dad lived, so, I was born in the Bay Area. My mom, after the divorce. Wait, you were literally born in the Bay Area? Yeah. Is that was, why you're a Giants fan? Yeah. Oh, so, God. I was born in the Bay Area. My parent, my mom, when they divorced, came down to be with, like, closer to my grandparents. Okay. Right? So, we came down to this area. Mm-hmm. My father stayed up in the Bay Area. Okay. So, the custody was, like, my mom would have full custody, and we would go for holidays or every other holiday. So, like, if. I stayed down here for Thanksgiving. We'd go up there for Christmas. Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. And we, we would see him every so often. It was never like, I'd, I'd see him like twice a year, if that. Do you have any good memory with your father? Yes, but it's so diluted. Okay. It's so diluted Do because. Tell. Do tell. Well, because of the, the pure, I, I don't want to say hatred, but that's what it is. Like, I can't stand him. He hurt you. Mm-hmm. Deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just all this battle. That it was this constant battle of like our relationship was good loved. up until like I was ten years old, and then something switched. So something at ten years old, when you were ten, something happened. Yeah. I would love to know what happened. There was some kind of I don't remember the details of it. There was some kind of argument that we had at Christmas, and between you and him. Yeah, and he took away all my Christmas presents. Oh, <laughs> that's fair. No, but it's it's like it leaves an it, it makes yeah. an impact because a you already don't spend a lot of time with him, right? And b you had a disagreement. Oh, so it's just like oh now you're trying to be dad, like now you're trying to step into that role. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he did, he did nothing. Like there was never any fatherly advice or fatherly figures. He would never show up to my baseball games, anything like that. I'm gonna say this. And it this applies to you too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think the most, the first step to he, for me, it's been my experience, right? The first step to healing with our parents is when we can see them as human beings, mm-hmm. as imperfect human beings, right? And I think we spoke a couple podcasts ago about how hurt people hurt people, mm-hmm. and everybody has a history. Like I said, do I believe your dad was born a narcissist? No. Um, which then takes me back to when we had the podcast with my dad where he said, you know, he's had my grandmother chosen right. the other the man, the doctor to have raised him. My dad would have been a bigger asshole. 
right? Right. Now he's just a regular Joe asshole, <laughs> but it would have been worse. So, and again, and I, and I go back to just exercising compassion with, with our parents, mm-hmm. which not to shift complete gears, but I always wonder, you never know what it's going to feel like to be a parent. We just don't know what that feels like, right? So imagine you have a child. Child comes into your arms, you're there, and you're like, okay. But you don't feel the same thing that maybe most people feel when they first become a parent. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love this. There are people out there that don't feel right being a parent. Mm. That don't feel this natural urge to be the greatest parent that they could be, the most loving parent that they can be. This is a job now. Mm -hmm. Right? So that weighs heavily on me because you never really know until you actually become a parent which way it's going to go. What would you say to those that aren't parents, won't be parents? What kind of, how do you... That aren't parents or won't be parents? Right. How do you make somebody have compassion for said thing for their parents? So like it so you're saying that I won't know until until I have a child, right? Or what if there's just people in general that won't have these kids so they won't understand? How do you make someone understand what the parents went through? If I don't if they don't have kids. So can you heal? Healing is also a choice. Uh-huh. So there's the difference between uh, sympathy and empathy, mm-hmm. right? So empathy is if you, you haven't experienced exactly what that person has been. So if you haven't right. been a parent, right. you not have to exercise your empathetic ability to say, okay, well, hey, mom and dad, I know I haven't been a parent, right. but I can imagine yeah. what it's like. Now, if you're not an empathetic person, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just shit out of luck there. Mm-hmm. But I go back to... There's a root cause for everything. There really is. And I think that intuitively speaking, what I'm saying right now is I I feel like you, Bartley, and even you, Natalie, have a lot more in common with your fathers than you will allow yourselves to admit. Oh, actually, I admit I'm I'm my father. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) You have to, and not even for a sense of healing, but just for knowing. Like, Mm -hmm. because before you can heal, you got to try to, want to know or understand or just even what happened here right you have a history you have a lineage and one day you're gonna have kids and or not but someone's gonna ask you why are you the way you are why do you feel the way you feel Mm -hmm. and maybe it's not your kids maybe it's your spouse that says why do you operate like this yeah and and you should want to know the answers for yourself without assumptions right but you're not going to be able to pursue those those questions without being barriered by assumptions until you let go of that hate. Well, I don't think I'll ever let go of the hate. Because like you make a personal you made a personal decision to go after a 10-year-old like emotionally. Mm. And then every year after that, made a personal decision right. to alienate your child. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I will never, ever make a decision like that if it was my own child. Which is, great. I would never treat my children that way. I will never treat my spouse the way that I've seen him treat 
his spouse. So there's gratitude to so your father. Right. Th Thanks, Dad. No, fuck him. But 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 look, you literally are stating that you will not I do hate, these no, things. No, no, no. I hate him so much, I will not end up like him. That's a different thing than saying thank you. Like, fuck you. I'm not going to ever end up like you. I'm not carrying on your legacy, you piece of shit. I'm going to be a better person than you ever could dream of being. And this is this is how I'm going to do it. You did this, I'm going to do this because I'm better than you are. You're, I'm a better person than you are. It's not. It's never going to be a thank you for showing me how to not be. No, it's a fuck you. You're a piece of shit. Let me show you how to be a real compassionate human being. I think I do have to side with Bartley that everyone doesn't deserve, deserve forgiveness. I don't think that you have to be a... Well, he's forgiving. Christian, so he's legally bound to forgive. You think so, Bartley? <laughs> oh, you... Like That I person has to want forgiveness. And if he doesn't want his, my forgiveness, he's not going to get it. And to get my forgiveness, he would have to but come you carry calling hate, on his hand I do. But you carry I absolutely hate, do. How is that? How, how has you... You're an active Christian man. How does that help you? How does it help you to hold on to hate like that? I bury it. Again, how does burying that hate help you? It's still there. It, it's always going to be there. That's part. That's just a scar. It's just, it's no different than this scar right here. Like, it's no different. I always carry this scar. Oh, I mean, I uh, that's. Think, oh, I'm sorry. That's the scar that almost killed you, right? In the car accident. Yeah, okay. I have. I have. So, multiple. but you came. You came out of that car accident, and you said, "I enjoy the birds that are outside now. I enjoy life now. Right. I learned from that lesson that I have to value life." Right. I'm saying, apply that same theory that you have for that scar with your father's scar. Why? Why not? Because he doesn't deserve it. Do you? There's me, been zero interest on his side. But wasn't that being the, the compassionate, better Christian in you to do that? Oh, no. I'm going to do that with my own children. Right. But isn't that the I'm ultimate gonna, test of being a Christian human being? Then I fail because fuck him. That's why I do love Bartley. Well, I also wanted to take it a little bit deeper. If if you were, I don't know, sexually abused, are you going to forgive the person, right. your abuser? You have to. Why? Because if you don't, then it's going to hold you hostage like you guys just said earlier. And then That's you are fair. held hostage with that. But I don't feel like I'm held hostage. You are 100% held hostage. I'm not. You so are. you made peace. So you have to make peace. Yes. You I'm at peace with peace. my decision to never speak to him ever again. I'm at, completely at peace. I don't think about him every second of every day. He doesn't occupy my thoughts. He's well, a distant well, let memory. Let me ask you this. How often do you think about your dad? Mm, maybe... Once every two years or so. What are the things that make you think about your dad? What is something that you see and you're like, oh, my dad? Uh, golf course. He's a golfer? Yeah. Did you golf with your dad? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's about it. Does he like the Giants? No. What? Who does he like? <laughs> <laughs> no! Is he a Dodger fan? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the irony. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm funny. laughing too much at that. Yep. <laughs> so that's where your disdain for the Dodgers comes from. It's deep. <laughs> <laughs> but to turn around, Natalie, I think you've, you've made a lot of 
leeway with your dad. You've, you've had a lot of growth, at least since I've gotten to know you actively. Yeah. Um, and I think that will always be a work in progress. I don't think that I'll ever completely heal. Like, I don't think I'm going to wake up next year and be like, you know what? I am healed from all of this bullshit. You don't um, think that's possible? No, I think that I think that my traumas or just traumas in general will always come back around. And I think it's a matter of understanding, you know, myself and um, my own feelings and my own experiences with it. Right. And. But I do think that. Like you were saying earlier, I, I see my dad and my mom, you know, they're human and mm -hmm. they did their best and they tried and they still try. Um, to That's be, the key, to, though. They're trying. Yeah, they're trying to have a relationship. They're trying to be in my life in this or that way. Um, our conversations are different. Um, and I think that. It, it does take both parties, you know, it's not just, well, I need my dad to be this for me and that and right. the other, and yeah. then I'll forgive him and then I'll be healed and then I'll be, and then we'll have this great relationship. It, it, it has to come from my side too. It has to be, um, I have to come down and be humble and vulnerable right. Right. and accept that these things in my life have happened mm -hmm. and now I want to move forward in a different way. I think the difference between our situations is that mm -hmm. your dad is, is trying, trying and my dad doesn't give a shit, which yeah. is, means I'm not going to give him the time of day. Right. Right. If my, if my father was still trying mm -hmm. and trying to overcome his narcissistic personality mm -hmm. and tr making, making an effort, then yeah. I would have a different tone. Yeah. But for the last, oh my gosh, 2006 was, what, 15 years ago? I'm not the one who does math here, though. <laughs> 15 years ago was the last time I saw him? Yeah. Even before that, like, it's been that long, and there's been zero effort. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If we asked him to join the podcast, do you think he would do it? No. Well, he he just, would say no? No. I was just going to ask, like, I wonder what would happen. Because his, his image and his, what, the image he projects to his whoever he's manipulating at the time is more important to him than discovering truth. Mm. And partly we talk about being humble and, and stuff. What would happen if you reached out tried. to your dad? Tried. When did you try? Well, I've tried. <sighs> I've tried multiple times, even before like 2006. Oh, you haven't tried after, after 2000. I haven't tried probably since 2008. I would challenge you to try. Nah. <laughs> well, challenge please. not accepted challenge Declined. did not okay well I'm just putting it out there no, I mean, I mean I, I, I'd be curious you know I, I'm, I'm sure you would be curious too I'm, I'm just not. curious to, to know what his dad is like yeah I'm just curious about who he is and what he is and again despite the hurt that you guys have gone through and I'm sorry that you went through all that yeah but have you, have you ever been around or associated with somebody who is extremely narcissistic? My dad's a narcissist. Your dad is not at the same <laughs> level of narcissist as my dad is. Like, eh. like your, your dad doesn't view you as an impingement on his social agenda. 
your dad still calls you and still will conversate with you. Yeah. I, I just wonder, like, sometimes it's our ego gets in the way, you know, and that's why I ask you, like, why don't you try reaching out to him now? I tried. I've, but what about like today, you know, like in the last year, in, in this last pandemic? Because I think that, I think that people change. Oh, yeah. What they if it's even to change. tell him exactly how you say, you know, fuck you, dad. Like, yeah. I'm a better fucking man because you're a piece of shit. Like, have, yeah. have you ever told him that? I think you should. I think uh. you should tell him I fucking hate you. <laughs> I mean, no, but yes. But you know what I mean? Because I think that would give you more peace and some. Yeah, I do think that. And they do need to hear it. Sometimes so this is what it's it. like, Ricky, hmm? to have a therapy session on the podcast? <laughs> you know, I told my, I, I do remember one time I told my dad. Welcome uh, like, to Honest Frequency <laughs> Therapy Sessions. <laughs> Today we have Bartley, 45 yeah. minutes. Um, I remember telling my dad one time, like all of her and how bent out of shape I was with, you know, my childhood traumas. How long ago was that? Um, Like five years ago. And maybe six. Oh, but how old am I? So I when your so, dad when your dad first boned out, you didn't really talk to him about it. Um, no, no, it was it was really weird. It it was a strange transition. Like, it, so I, you didn't actively start to speak with him about it until it, five years ago. Yeah, because so when my parents were getting divorced, it was almost like. It was being talked about around me and not to me. Got it. And Our culture does that, though, also. Yeah. So. Um, That's a great way to put it. Yeah. So, so no, we didn't actually talk about the hurts and what was actually happening. It not until happened. five years ago. And not until five years ago, I said, you know, what I had to say. Like, I, I didn't like what you did. I didn't like this, that, the other. Five years ago, you were 25? 25. Four. Okay. Yeah. 25. Interesting. Um, so, so, and that felt good. And he kind of, and you know, I, I think maybe all dads have a little bit of a narcissism. I agree with them. that. You're right. And uh, because I, he agree, kinda, okay. I agree with that we're as well. We're all a little narcissists. No, we really well, yeah, are. We, we are I mean, every, everybody has a little bit of narcissism. However, yeah. the extreme I side of that, that is where, like, Everybody falls on the narcissism Could have been spectrum, worse. Your dad right? could have been Donald Trump, bro. That would have really mm. been bad. Ooh. Okay, so imagine Donald Trump, the narcissist that he is. That's dad's right up there My dad's him. right below that. No! Wiley, no! I'm dead serious. Well, I mean, if I'm dead the Donald Trumps oh, of the world exist, then I guess it's a whole okay. thing. Well, but to we're your getting point, there. it is really important to vocalize those things. Yeah. I was 18 when my dad left, so I was... a older right and we didn't necessarily talk about it but we wrote about it and mm. so i i just maybe like a couple of months ago i found the emails that we used to exchange really on msn where i would tell them like i can't believe you left like oh it was bad oh wow. i literally have all the emails I between wish, my dad and those I. with me i will listen it would be really healing for me it was, them. you can I, omit some stuff if you're not comfortable no 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 no, no. <laughs> it was a very healing thing you know both of my parents are writers. <laughs> so when if I couldn't vocalize something, I was writing it. Yeah. So I I didn't like who my dad boned out for. I didn't like what my dad was doing, but he was still my dad. Right. He was still my dad, and I didn't care who he was with or what he was doing. Mm -hmm. I'm mad at you, and I'm going to let you know that I'm mad. Like, why did you leave me here? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Right. So 
Did we, he respond to your email? Oh, yeah. He was very responsive to my emails. I'm really? telling you, I'm looking at these emails like, oh, my gosh. Oh, shit. You have to so we have a him. whole history yeah. of just writing to each other. He's in a totally different country. I don't even know where he's at. Yeah. But we're corresponding to each other about our hurts and about, Aww, you know, sweet. what's going on. It is sweet. At the time, it didn't feel sweet because I was angry and I was hurt and I was all of these things. Right. But there was dialogue. Yeah. There was important. dialogue. That's important. But again, and it was just until like, I think four, five years ago that I finally let everything go. Yeah. But yeah. that's why I honor what you said that we are the ones that choose to keep ourselves hostage. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's not abuse our bodies like that. Right. Because, a- that, because that contention and that anger and everything that we hold, that affects our physical bodies. And it carries through the generations, too. There's this great book that I'm reading right now um, called, I recommend it, uh, My Grandmother's Hands. Mm. And it talks about how we carry our trauma in the body. Yeah. And we'll pass it on and on and Hell on yes. to our kids, our grandkids, mm. and so on and mm. so forth until we begin to acknowledge our body. Yeah. So Remember, water heal, water contains uh, trauma. Yeah. Memory. Water has memory. Water, water has, has memory. Frozen, too. Yeah. Get it right. What? Frozen 2. Water has memory. Frozen was the least favorite Disney movie I had. Uh, It's like, well, you you don't have toddlers, so. No, it doesn't matter. I love Disney movie and I love Pixar movies, but I did not care for Frozen. Uh, I know why. Trauma. Trauma. The part where uh, the little sister tries to get the other sister to play mm. with her and she knocks on the door. Do you want to build a snowman? That's my relationship with my brother. Okay, bye. That is literally my relationship with my brother. And my douchebag was like, I don't want to play with you. Slams the door in my face. That's, that's why I don't like Frozen. You know, actually, I don't know that Mike would admit this, but that's actually one of his favorite movies. Oh, God. We, right. we watch of it course. often. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so there but you yeah, have it. That's why I don't like Frozen. Um, I'm What's the girl with the orange hair? Anna. I'm Anna and he's Elsa. I'm Anna, and my brother Mike is Elsa. He's like, fuck you, I'm too good for you. I don't want to play with you. No, he's just trying to protect you yeah. from his magical powers. Yeah. <laughs> this is oh true. My God. <laughs> Boom. <Dang>. Mind blown. <laughs> All right. Mind blown, Mike drop. We're, on the, we're going on a tangent. Let's wrap this end up. <laughs> All right. So I just wanted to shout out the countries. We haven't done this in a while. Um, so some of the new countries that um, are listening are Cyprus. I think the Netherlands. Like have Cyprus been Hill? Mm-hmm. Where's Cyprus? It's in the Mediterranean. Yep. Oh. Just south of Greece, east of, or west of Lebanon. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna <gasps> Middle East ish, not Middle East, but almost Middle East. Okay, I'm just gonna do a quick rundown of all of them for from July to August. Um, oh, Canada, Mexico, Hungary, Cyprus, Germany, the Netherlands, Brazil, Greece, Puerto Rico, Turkey, Trinidad and Tobago, Tobago, Tobago. Wait, Trinidad mm-hmm. isn't that where Nicki Minaj is from? Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> So that's our listeners. Thanks, guys, for hey. listening. I'm excited. Yeah. Share it with Trinidad? a friend. Heck yeah. We're international. I How are it. you people finding us? Somebody please email on this frequency. Could you please tell us how you found us? And that's on this frequency at gmail.com. Please tell us how you found us. Otherwise, we're not going to record any other episode again if oh, we don't have emails about that. Stop. He's lying. We have three more that are like in process. <laughs> <laughs> but 
that's it, y'all. Increase the peace. Bye, y'all. Bye. Today's episode was brought to you by Chingon Bakery and Venice Beach Beverage. If you have any topic ideas you want us to cover, don't forget to email those to onthisfrequency at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced by Juicebox Bartley and Big Brother Jake. We drop a new episode every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you follow us on the grams at On This Frequency. How can you support us, you ask? Well, go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash On This Frequency and you can donate some coffee funds there. And for those Apple listeners, leave us a review. They're incredibly helpful and we'll be sharing them in our upcoming episodes. So from Natalie and I, remember to be kind to one another, kick some ass, and remember to celebrate every day because every day is your birthday.